and welcome to MD Podcast. I am Danish Bahati. This week's podcast will focus on tremor disorders and to talk about it today on our show, we have Dr. Diego Torres Rosoto, the Director of Movement Disorders Program and Movement Disorders Fellowship at University of Nebraska Medical Center or UNMC. We'll talk to him about his inspiration and interest in tremors, how he got interested in orthostatic tremors, a very obscure and rare disorder. We'll also get to know briefly his work with the tremor interest groups in committees at AAN on developing guidelines and physician tools. We'll ask him about his most interesting patient with tremors, his Oliver Sacks moment. So, Diego, why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself? Tell us one thing that you think no one will know about your career in movement disorders. Well, thank you, Danish, for uh, having me. I, I'm very excited to be here and to participate in, in uh, this amazing podcast. You know, one thing that, that many people might not know is that I uh, was exposed uh, to the patients with Huntington's disease in Venezuela, where I was born and where I trained as a physician. Right. And uh, I went to, uh, to that you know, to those uh, small towns where Huntington's disease prevalence was so high and so all of those patients uh, having very significant chorea, it was really uh, astonishing to see that half of the town had uh, Huntington's disease. Now, I understand that uh, knowing you, working with you together, that um, part of your training involved working in a very remote areas in, uh, of your country. Can you tell us something about that? Yeah, so in Venezuela, to uh, you know, you, medical school takes seven years, and uh, after that, you go and uh, to be able to be licensed uh, as a physician, you have to work uh, in a rural environment uh, for a year. And uh, if you don't do that, then you don't get licensed. So uh, me and my wife uh, got assigned uh, to this uh, jungle area in Venezuela. I see. It's a cocoa producing area. And uh, we had all sorts of, you know, interesting uh, stories out of that. <laughs> uh, we had snakes coming in and out of our house. Uh, we had uh, monkeys uh, that lived, you know, uh, in the town with us. We had, uh, my wife was in charge of a 5,000 people town, and she was the only physician there. And uh, I, I had to travel a little bit among smaller towns mm. uh, to be able to care for the people. Wow, that's fascinating. So coming back to today's topic a little bit, what do you find most interesting about tremor disorders? You know, I, so I think that the first thing that, that, that calls my attention is how common they are. You know, tremors, if we count Parkinsonian tremors, essential tremors, dystonic tremors, so shaking overall, you know, is, is, is a very, very common, very prevalent illness. Maybe, you know, 10% of the population may have, uh -huh. uh, you know, shakings of some sort. Well, if you think about it, that's one in 10 people in the United States. But that's not the fascinating part. The fascinating part is that most patients don't complain about it. Mm. They don't go and see uh, a doctor for it. They don't look for help. Why do you think is that? And uh, that's, that's why I think it's fascinating <laughs> because if I would have a shaking, I would definitely be interested on, on getting it fixed. I always give this example, you know, I, I tell the medical students, listen, how often do you see little old ladies with a shaking, you know? And, uh, you know, of course, it's a very common occurrence. And I say, well, there is no such a thing as a little old lady tremor. 
right? That doesn't <laughs> exist. There is no benign senile tremor syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so, you know, we've been working together for many years now, and we've done a lot together. But one of the most exciting projects I've done with you is the research on orthostatic tremors. And, you know, it's so rare, so obscure. Many people didn't even know about it. So why don't you first tell me, I always wanted to know, how did you got interested in researching orthostatic tremors and what is it? So orthostatic tremor is a very rare disorder. It's uh, characterized by uh, uh, a sensation of impending fall that only occurs when you are standing uh, or, or mostly occurs while standing. So the patients uh, develop a tremor in the lower extremities uh, uh, that can be seen in other body parts. And this tremor is, it, it, the, the syndrome itself has many fascinating uh, mm -hmm. aspects to it. So you ask why I got interested. There, there are many reasons. Number one, the, the most significant symptom that the patient has is a sensation of impending fall. They are, they, if they're standing, they feel that they are going to go down to the floor. They are going to fall down. Mm. That's their main symptom. Uh, now, that happens when they are standing. If they start walking, and in fact, if they walk very fast, then that sensation tends to get better. It, it might go away completely, mm. and it usually does. So, you know, it, the first thing that came to my mind when, the, when I saw the first patient was like, wow, so when you're sitting, you're normal. When you're standing, you feel that you are going to fall down. And what do you do when, you're, when you feel that you're going to fall down? You start running. You know, it's like completely anti-sense. It doesn't make sense to anybody. If another, you know, fascinating aspect of the illness is that the patients have the highest tremor frequency that human beings can physiologically produce. There are no other states or other diseases in the human body that produce a higher frequency uh, of tremor than orthostatic tremor, which is between 13 and 18 hertz. Um, so what that means is that, you know, the legs shake back and forth around 15 times in one single second. Wow. That is so fast. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, you know, we've, uh, you've alluded to a little bit on the different important aspects, you know, things like having the sense of instability but not having a fall and having the fastest possible physiological tremor. But tell me a little bit more about why you think researching orthostatic tremor, which is so rare, only affects you know, one in a million or, or that number of patients, uh, why is it so important that you want to spend uh, a significant amount of your life researching something like that? And what have you worked on so far? Two important reasons why I think this is uh, relevant. Uh, one of them it has to do with OT itself. Um, these patients are suffering a lot and they are underdiagnosed and therefore undertreated. And I believe that the prevalence of the illness is much larger than we think. Now, the second reason is that these patients have uh, are a perfect model mm. to understand the sensation of instability. I see. And therefore, it can hold the key of our understanding on how to prevent falls on, on other patients. And falls are one of the greatest risks on, on 
elderly patients. I agree. And uh, we don't have a good way so far to uh, study the sensation of instability uh, and its relationship to actually uh, preventing falls. This particular illness gives us a great model to do that. Wonderful. So, you know, we've been working on this together, and I've done some work on it with you, but you've been working with many other uh, collaborators on this uh, important research. What, what are the, some of the key findings you've had so far, and where are you headed with it? Uh, the findings that we have on the initial phase are very important. Initially, uh, it was uh, thought that this illness only had tremors. And in fact, as part of the clinical criteria of orthostatic tremor, uh, they say that the, there shouldn't be any other movement disorder uh, you know, phenomenology associated with it. And we have found, for example, that ataxia is found universally in all patients with OT. Albeit uh, mild mm. uh, to moderate, so it was never severe, I see. but it is always, it is universally present in these patients. Mm. And that might be very important to understand the pathophysiology because we believe that it is localized in the posterior fossa. Mm -hmm. That's one of the findings that we, that we have had. Uh, we also try to understand uh, the uh, psychological components to the illness as well. And we did a, a prospective uh, psychological screening uh, of these patients, psychiatric screening of these patients to understand what, it, what is the prevalence, the possible prevalence of different psychiatric illnesses. Uh, and we have found that uh, anxiety uh, spectrum disorders tend to be extremely common. Mm. And they also screen positive for phobias, which is a very important finding in the news. That's wonderful. So, you know, I know I've been working with you on this. We are arranging this uh, third International Orthostatic Tremor Society meeting in Omaha, and it's uh, one of the largest meeting of this disease anywhere in the world. Uh, that's wonderful. So, you know, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and ask you uh, something that I'm not very familiar with, and even I would love to know, is that I know you have had a lot of experience and exposure with working with different tremor interest groups and even on some committees uh, with the national societies. And tell us something about behind the scene working of these uh, interest groups and societies and how do you guys work on guidelines and what kind of steps are involved and what is in your mind for a general neurologist? So one of the things that we have found is that when you are trying to work together uh, in committees and sections and things like that, you tend to find the same people again and again and again. <laughs> so you end up uh, making uh, very good friends and very good friendships. Um, one of the things that, that I worked on recently was uh, on the AAN uh, guidelines on diagnostics for essential tremor. Uh -huh. And uh, I cannot tell you, uh, you know, what the guidelines results are because it's going to be published uh, hopefully soon. I understand. But, um, but the process is fascinating within itself. We had to uh, do, you know, we had assignments that we had to review uh, in preparation to a very large meeting with about 25 experts in tremor. And then uh, we uh, had the meeting reviewed, you know, what are the things that we needed to address mm. in terms of, you know, management and diagnostics of essential tremor. 
what are the areas, the key areas that we needed to address? And then second, what are the key areas that actually have evidence that we could use to then uh, produce a, um, you know, a recommendation and a guideline? And then we gather information from multiple uh, sources, including patient uh, societies and uh, advocate groups, uh, as well as uh, other uh, specialty uh, groups, just to ensure that we have covered uh, everybody. I completely agree. So, you know, it's um, uh, it's remarkable all the wor work we can do on tremors. Uh, now let's um, end on an exciting and fascinating note. Um, can you think of a patient that really uh, fascinated you or inspired you with tremor disorder? Mm. You know, one of the best cases uh, I think that I, uh, or, or one of the fun cases that I remember on tremor was a patient that had had a tremor in, the, uh, bo in both hands for about three years. And uh, uh, he came and uh, I examined him for about two hours. And uh, at the end of the whole session, I was really, really certain that it was a psychogenic tremor. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and, and talked with the patient for one more hour. So it was a total encounter of three hours. Wow. And uh, at the end of the third hour, the patient stopped shaking. Mm -hmm. He was completely, he was so in agreement. Uh, with the diagnosis, I told him, you know, this is this is what it is. And, it's amazing. Uh, and then he was just, it, he had an immediate relief. Wow. He felt so happy. Oh my God. That he didn't have tremor. Wow. And he stopped shaking right there. And That's he never shook again. I saw him two weeks later. He was still tremor free and I discharged him from the clinic. Wow. That's a cure. That's a cure right there. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast with us today, Diego. And I appreciate uh, taking your time off uh, out of your busy schedule. And thank you for being with us. It has been my entire pleasure. Thank you so much. It's remarkable how fascinating the world of movement disorders is and just to look at one facet of it can mesmerize you. I hope you're as thrilled as I am about today's episode. Your feedbacks and suggestions are highly appreciated. So write to us at unmc.mdpodcast at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at danishbahati underscore md that is at d-a-n-i-s-h-b-h-a-t-t-i underscore md Hope to see you next time soon. Ciao, ciao.